Hey everybody, this is Chelsea Schaefer and Caitlin Gustav, and this is The Score, the official podcast of the sport of team roping. This is the Team Roping Journal's semi-weekly podcast, highlighting the team roping industry's top talents and influencers through stories that inspire and connect ropers. We sit down with ropers from the professional ranks, as well as industry icons and producers to delve into topics that make the team roping world tick. This is season two. It will feature even deeper interviews, storytelling, and issue-based coverage, and we are so excited you're here. Hey, everybody. Welcome to The Score. Hey, Caitlin. Hey, Chelsea. Well, guys, this is an episode I promised you all a few weeks back. When Ty Blassingame won Rodeo Houston and won that 50000 that went with it, I called my husband, who was out in the practice pen. He was roping the helomatic on a colt. And we both just laughed and smiled so big because Blaster is just one of our own, and I'm really excited that he gets to be on this podcast today. He's been there since my husband's high school rodeo days. He's been a friend of mine since I moved to Colorado years ago. I mean, the night I won my first little bit of money towards my permit at Steamboat Springs, the first person that said, how'd it go? And I told him how I did. He was so excited for me. He probably won't remember that, but we were walking back <laughs> to the trailer in the dark. He had just roped in the, um, the mixed roping that they have there at Steamboat. And that is just something that I'll never forget. It was something probably really insignificant to him, but... He was just as excited for me as I was at the time, I think, and so that was really cool. He changed a tire for me on the way to down the hill in Laramie this summer going to Rollins to the to the amateur rodeo in Rollins, and he's just kind of been, been there when we needed him. He's in the box almost every single time my husband nods his head at, at an amateur rodeo, circuit rodeo, jackpot. He is super helpful. He like has definitely supported us throughout these years, so it's kind of exciting to see him kind of get what he has coming when it comes to this. But that doesn't mean that this was an easy podcast for me to put together. It was kind of, it's a lot harder when you know somebody as well as we know Blaster to ask, to, to forget that maybe everybody else doesn't know everything we know about him, to remember to ask some more obvious things that might seem obvious um, to me, but, you know, maybe not everybody knows his whole story, and I'm really glad that he was willing to share. Caitlin, you know Blaster, too. Yeah, Blaster's awesome. Like, especially when I first moved up here, I didn't know anyone. Blaster was pretty easy to get along with, and I can second that. If you're at a rodeo, amateur, wherever we're at, Blaster will be in the box kicking dirt for you. I went and rodeoed with him. I traveled with him to a couple rodeos last summer, and he was telling me the start, telling me how I need to get out, you know, just always helping me. And it definitely, it's cool to be able to learn from a guy like that. Yeah. I don't know that anybody has entered more rodeos, amateur <laughs> rodeos, jackpots, pro rodeos. I mean, he has been grinding. And everything. He's just easy to get along with. Call him up. Yep. Anything you need, he's there. Yep. It's awesome. Yeah. I'm really glad to see Um everything that's come into Blaster. So it's exciting, and I'm so glad he stopped by the house one morning and was willing to have breakfast and, and be ready to talk <laughs> about this podcast and, and do it. You know, and I've asked him to say some things that are kind of personal when you've got 25,000 of your closest friends listening on the score. It's not easy. It's it's one thing when, when team roping fans listen to your story, but... At this point, I feel like a lot of the guys that are in the top 30 in the world are listening to the score, so you might get some jabs from the guys at the <laughs> jackpots or at the, ro- or at the rodeos. Um, they might now know your whole life story. So, Blaster, thank you so much. All right, now, for everybody who doesn't know everything that we know about Blaster, here are the nitty-gritty details. 
Originally from Colorado, he joined the PRCA in 2003, and he made his Mountain State Circuit Finals every year since. He made the NFR in 2010 with Cody Hintz, where they placed in three rounds, and he finished 14th in the world standings with about 89,001. He, he won the Ram National Circuit Finals Rodeo in 2014 with longtime Mountain State Circuit friend J.W. Borrego. And this year, he won Rodeo Houston with Kyle Lockett, effectively punching his ticket to the 2019 Wrangler National Finals Rodeo. He's grouping with Brandon Bates this year, and he's trying to get his partner to Vegas, too. So, everybody, I hope you all enjoy this interview with the Blaster. Morning. Are you ready? Are you ready? Yeah. Lean Mor in. Good morning. You speak so quietly, so you have to lean in and talk. All right. All right. So, you listen to the podcast sometimes? Yeah. Oh, yeah. So I, I listen to him a lot all well, night. Well, I don't know that I know as much of anybody's story that I've ever talked to as I do yours, so yeah. you have all kinds of questions. I have, like, a list so long of questions to ask you. Perfect. <laughs> I feel like I know your story, but I there's so much I don't know. So, yeah. yeah. So that's what this is for. So sorry about no. how much you're going to have to tell you're me about good. your life. You're good. It's perfect. Awesome. All right. So one of my favorite questions to ask people is, like, take me into your arena as a kid. When you were learning to rope. What was your place like at your parents' house? How was your dad and mom coaching you? No. Tell me about it. Mainly they roped calves. Um, my dad roped calves and my uncle a lot. I mean, it was a woven wire arena, huge sand pit pretty much what it was. No run back alley. And that's kind of how I grew up. I mean, I started breakaway and calves and stuff. And then we built an arena, and it was just a panel arena. No run back alley still. And we started team roping. And... I got bucked off a lot of times in it. It was real hard. What kind of horses were you learning to rope? Um, I had a pony, and he was an awesome pony. He was a little bay pony, and I rode him. And my first jackpot was at Fountain, Colorado. I was like five years old, six years old. I headed for Sean Leonard. I won't ever forget it. <laughs> and then after that, we bought a big bay horse from a sale. It was, it was, he was awesome. And so, no, I mean, I won, I won two new saddles, and couldn't fit in them and I just rode an old saddle forever and I finally got to fit in them the first day I rode my new one I got bucked off I mean it was interesting but I mean growing up I I didn't get a rope as much as a guy would think it was more riding horses and taking care of cattle and stuff and then when I got to be around 12 13 I, I got serious about it and my mom would take my, me and my sister everywhere jackpots and that's when the U.S. was big and the regional shootouts and stuff. I mean, we went quite a few places. Mm -hmm. And uh, was your family ranching at the time? Your parents were horse trainers. What were they doing? Uh, yeah, they were ranching. Well, my dad was on and off. He'd be breaking colts, and then he'd take off driving a truck for a week. And we had cattle. Uh, I mean, we, we didn't have – we had 100 head, a couple thousand acres ran on that was my grandparents' ranch. And – uh, my mom, she carried the mail off and on, and mm -hmm. and then I started going to homeschool when I was a uh, freshman, and then I kind of started taking care of all the cattle and stuff, but I mean, that's what we did, I mean, a lot of it, and broke horses here and there, and then as the older I got, that kind of went out, I started rodeoing, that all kind of quit. The homeschooling decision, whose call was that? It, it was just the worst decision ever, it was my call. Yeah. You know, I went to I went to school, uh, and it, it just got to be where we lived. Was every, everyone was starting to come from Colorado Springs out there, and 
I wasn't getting along with the kids real well and stuff. Wasn't. And my parents, they're like, it's your choice. You can go to homeschool if you want to. And I did it. Worst mistake ever. I tell everybody that was probably mm-hmm. my worst mistake of my life is yeah. going to homeschool. And because I didn't do my schoolwork right. And I, I worked and roped and they begged me to play sports and I, I didn't I didn't play sports all the way through high school and it was a mistake but part of it. Did you finish? Did you graduate? GD. GD. Yeah. You know, gotcha. I just I did that. I could have got my diploma and I've thought about doing it honestly. Mm-hmm. Just just messing around online. I mean but I just took the G D deal and got that out of the way. Mm-hmm. So then, obviously, you didn't go college rodeo? No, I could have. I had a lot of good deals offered, and I could have just went to school. But mm-hmm. in my mind, and I, I probably wish I'd have done that too, but in my mm-hmm. mind, I was like, well, I'm going to be rodeoing anyways, and I'll stay out of less trouble if I just start going pro rodeos and working and stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. So did you get your permit when you were 18? Yeah. Yeah, I roped with Lance Allen when I was 18. Was first, and I won, mm-hmm. I believe it was the first rodeo to fill my permit, Steamboat really? Springs. Yeah. Steamboat? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. And... Uh, so, take so. What year was that that you filled your permit? Two thousand. Oh, three. Two thousand three. Mm-hmm. Okay. So what, between two thousand three and two thousand ten, what uh, was going on? Oh, it was a. I, I don't know. It's. It I always did. I made circuit finals every year since I had my permit. Mm-hmm. Till to now. Till now. I didn't have real good horses. I didn't know. I mean, I had. I won quite a bit. I won a little bit, but I wasn't ready to go rodeo, mm-hmm. and I should have stayed home a little longer. What does not being ready to go rodeo mean to um, you now? Now, better have, you better have some horses and be competitive and know how to win around tough competition. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I really didn't. I mean, I could be fast every now and then, but I couldn't put run, enough runs together. Mm-hmm. And I had some pretty good partners. And, I mean, I wish I had a circuit rodeo and, and for a little longer. And I honestly wish I wouldn't have bought my card right away and would have waited until I could have won Rookie of the Year and just mm-hmm. kept on my permit for a little while. And then as it went on, and I got better horses. In 2000, uh, I think 2006, I started getting into some good rodeos and stuff. 2007, I started being in the top 40. Should have made the finals in 09. All I had to do was get out of the steer at Pendleton and catch the steer, and I broke the barrier mm-hmm. and then made it in 10 and then – so on, so on. 2009, was that the year, that was the year Spencer died, right? Was that right at the same time? Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he died in 09, yeah. Yeah, was it? It was fall in November, I believe, okay. 09. Gotcha. Yeah, so. it was during circuit finals. Mm-hmm. And then. I think Cody Buffalo died the year after you made the finals, right? Yes. Yeah. So those are so we're talking about Spencer Miller and yeah. Cody Buffalo, um, mm-hmm. and those were two really close friends of yours. Really close. Spencer and I we went to school together. I, I guess so you could say Cody and I did. We high school rodeo together since I was a kid. They were really good friends. Spencer and I spend unreal amount of time together, and him and I we rope together all the time. And then in 2010, I mean, I was dedicated to. I, to make the finals for Spencer and and uh, and I wore his initials at the finals every night and a lot of people didn't know him a lot of people uh, but if you did know him one time as you know I mean he was remarkable mm-hmm. and um, and then that next year summer I was in Sheridan when Cody Buffalo passed away and 
kind of knew that one was coming because of the cancer, you know, yeah. and that was, but I mean, it, it was rough. I mean, and he was a good kid. I, I mean, I lost several good friends over the last 10 years. I mean, it's yeah. the last nine years. Yeah. Um, well, moving to the last nine years since you made the finals. Mm-hmm. So, so you didn't have the best finals when you went in, 20, no. in 2010. Mm-mm. Did that change anything? Did If you had had an amazing finals and just, I mean, what... What would it, it have changed? Oh, I think it would have changed a lot. I mean, mm-hmm. as horsepower, money-wise, you know. and I, I had big hopes of making money because, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously I thought it was going to be my setup. Mm-hmm. And I was prepared. And until you get there in the big wall, the big yellow wall, it's like the green monster in baseball. I mean, yeah. it's it's unreal once you're there. And I always said I'll make it back. I know what it is. I'll make it back. It's going to be deadly. I mean, I know what to do now. Mm-hmm. And I had no, I I knew I'd make the finals the next year. I was like, once I got that first time out of yeah. the belt, you know, and we kill them. We was kicking their butts all winter. And then after Houston, I don't think I want to check until maybe Burnley, Utah. I mean, I was in mm-hmm. the top 15 the whole time. And then all of a sudden it just dropped. Horses dropped. My head horses. And that's when my old run went crippled for good. I mean, he was toast until this last year. Mm-hmm. And that was just, it could have changed my life. It could have changed my career. Mm-hmm. And that's what I'm hoping this has happened to me lately does. Mm-hmm. Now, horses. You've had to sell good horses when, mm. when times have been tough. I, mm-hmm. I know I talked to Caesar about that in an earlier episode. Like when there are lots of guys that, like, you know, Trevor keeps sick and forever mm-hmm. and banker, you know. And yeah, it, it's, I've sold a lot of good ones. Uh, I've sold, uh, I sold myself a foot at times, and then somehow I'd get one again, and and then I'd sell him. I sold one last year that was a nice horse. Sold him to Brock Hansen. He was he was a winner, yeah. and I was winning like crazy on him. I won so much jackpot on him, just local and stuff, and I had to sell him. Mm-hmm. And then what's disgusting about that is then the money's gone, and then you gotta and then you gotta figure out how to get the money to buy another one, you know. And it's, I don't know, it's a blessing that guys have to keep, be able to keep the good ones. Yeah. And then some people just don't have that opportunity, too. Yeah, and I feel like that, if, I mean, obviously it affects every part of your roping when you have to do that. And oh, it affects. yeah, I mean, it, it affects everything. It affects you, your partners. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it don't matter how good you rope. If you don't have a horse that you can win day in and day out, different setups, it's going to be hard to get the good partners you want, too, you mm-hmm. know. And, I mean, I've always been lucky to keep good partners just because, whether I was circuit rodeo or rodeo, just because, uh, in my opinion, headers are hard to come by. And if you got some talent and have a chance to win, you're going to get a decent partner when you're heading. There have been people that have helped you out with horses over the years, though, too. I remember mm-hmm. you've ridden some of Ohado's horses, like at Cheyenne, obviously. Mm-hmm. Shane Ohado's horses fit the Cheyenne setup. Yeah, I, I rode his horses BFI. Um, I don't know that I've really rode it. I, don't, I never rode his horses at Cheyenne. No, not at Cheyenne, uh-uh. just BFI. And then, and then I rode I rode a couple of Rick Monteras. Rick Monteras, that's yeah. what I was thinking, yeah. yeah. And then, uh, I mean, I've had people here and there, mm-hmm. uh, you know, ha- help me with horses. And I'm very thankful for it. And when it comes down to it, unless they're your own and you get a feel for them every day, it's hard. Yeah. And, I mean, I've, I've, rode, some ama- I've rode some awesome horses mm-hmm. of people's, you know. And... Uh, it's just and it's just hard unless they're your own and I have 
and I haven't had the opportunity where somebody says, "Oh, here, take a horse for six months and yeah, get it done." You know, so I mean, I've had a lot of help in a lot of ways, though. Yeah, and Gary's so your brother-in-law Gary's family raises horses. Correct? Yeah, well, or or he, do you guys raise horses? We 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 raised horses, and then Gary would ride them a lot, and then when we kind of we kind of quit raising them, mm-hmm. and if we did, we'd sell them when they were young and mm-hmm. have a chance to go with, through with them. When I say Gary's made me some horses and mm-hmm. helped me out a couple of horses, and then J.W. McQuishan, him and I had a lot of horse deals and and some good ones that come out of there but again we kind of sell them you know yeah but gary he's had some nice horses that i've got to ride where does the black fit into the picture where did he come um, along well <laughs> well like I, we raised him mm-hmm. your Bar- parents yeah 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 it's my parents right mm-hmm. skip barbell mm-hmm. that was his gotcha. name. okay um and gary gary rode him I I, th- I think I think my dad started him. Uh-huh. I, I if I remember right. I mean he's nineteen. It was a while back. Yeah. Uh, Gary, and then Gary rode him, and then he ended up owning him. And then I had a, and then we had him again. I think my parents had him again. And then Gary was ha- Gary rode or roping on him. Roping on him, roped on him, ranching on him, cowboying on him, riding him in the feedlot and stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, was he a particularly good ranch horse? No. No. Okay. You, you know, he might have been back then. I don't remember. But right now, you can't even gather the roping steers on him without spinning circles. And I wasn't doing, like, at Houston in the, on the video, I wasn't doing a spin for to for fun. It, it, I couldn't get out of the arena hardly. Cody Hintz led me out of the arena on that horse one time. It, it was... But anyways, back... back no, no, no. But, I mean, he's famous for that. Yeah. Uh-huh. But um, he... He roped on him a bunch outside, and then I rode a Flaxman tail horse at the finals, and I had him that year. And Gary had him in like oh eight maybe oh I don't know. And we traded the black horse back to Gary for that horse. Mm-hmm. And then in two thousand, I think twelve, I started roping with Rich Skelton. Is yeah twelve, mm-hmm. and I bought him, and I and I bought him back then just for Pendleton, mm-hmm. trying to make the finals. I bought him just for Pendleton. Because the horse ain't gonna fall down. No, no yeah. way. Uh huh. And so I've had him since then. Well, and then I sold him. Ish. You've kind of had him. Sold him then. for a couple years and then bought him back. Did he pay for a truck or anything when you sold him? Is that when you went to drive and truck or? Um. Or did you just sell him for? No, I mean he 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 paid for several things. He to get me out of a bind. <laughs> it's kind of like we're talking about yeah. selling your horses, you know. Yeah. I, I mean it was a, probably the. It wasn't smart at all, because mm-hmm. I mean he was he was older. I mean he was fifteen, I think, when I saw him. But that was his prime, mm-hmm. and I just won the Dodge Circuit Finals on him. Mm-hmm. And then I rode him the rest of that year after the Dodge Circuit Finals, and then sold him. And you sold him to Cold Camp, who yep. grew up by you, and Cold did well on him. Cold did well, yeah, he done good. He won Greeley on him, right? Yeah, he won, won, won Greeley on him. Mm-hmm. Wow. Well, I mean, he, he might have he, he rode his gray. Yeah. He, I think he rode his gray there, but he rode him at Cheyenne and yeah. won good there. Mm-hmm. I mean, he done good there, and I and I'd mount out. I'd ride him every now and then. Mm-hmm. Cold let me back on him. He's funny though, doesn't he? Bring his tail and like the. No. Yeah, he swishes his tail, and I've caught it before, and that's why sometimes people look at me funny. I got it tied down yeah. half the time. Do you tie it down between his legs? Yeah, or over to the be- side. Between his legs. Between his legs. Yeah, and then I didn't tie it down mm-hmm. at Houston. No. Uh. Uh-uh. 
You didn't? Did you just not want that that look? At no, like he looks better with it tied down, really. <laughs> yeah. But I I had it in my head that I feel like he was working good when I had it tied down. Mhm. And I mean I've heard that, but I don't I don't know. I've heard you mess with horses' tails. That's, I mean. Yeah, that's what we always thought too. Yeah, that, but that anyways, I he. Yeah, I didn't tie it down there. But I've caught it at several opens and make first one at the BFI, first one at the US finals. Ugh. I've done it, so <laughs> guys, this episode is brought to you by US Rider Caitlin. How does my husband handle it when I run a truck out of fuel? Not very well. Not very well. And when I do run our truck out of fuel on I-25, <laughs> <laughs> I remind him, hen, it's no big deal. We have US Rider. And he's not nearly as impressed with that as I am. But either way, U.S. Rider does come and save us on the side of the highway. My husband has run out of fuel. You've heard that oh, commercial yeah. before. He's done it. Uh, but, but there are a lot of wives out there who may run out of fuel, may blow a tire. There's a lot of guys out there that may run out of fuel, may blow a tire, may have any level of accident that you might think of. Um, and U.S. Rider is so handy. It is the roadside assistance program of the equine industry. They have been our sponsor since the beginning of the SCORE podcast, and we so appreciate them. And because of that, you've got a new promo code for 2019 so that you can get two free months of U.S. Rider service if you mention promo code TRJ19. That is promo code TRJ19. All you've got to do is go to usrider.org. When you sign up, you log in um, to join or renew, you enter in TRJ19. That's your promo code. You get two free months of towing, repairs, battery assistance, anything you need, flat tires, lockout service, fuel, oil, or water delivery, and you get enrolled in the Winner's Circle Advantage benefits and discounts with that code TRJ19. You get two free months of it. USRider.org. Oh, man. So, I want to talk a little bit about... Gosh, I feel like I'm making you talk about all kinds of unpleasant stuff. I promise. We'll no, that's good. Yeah. I want to talk about the night after the George Strait. Oh. <laughs> I know. I, I like, remember... Honestly, the night after the George Strait. <laughs> not, not necessarily the night. But I want to talk about, like, how you felt after mm. the George Strait. So, what we're talking about... Was it 2014? No. no it, it was, it, yeah. It was, yeah, yeah. It was it was two thousand. Yeah, I believe it was fourteen. Yeah. With Dakota Kirkenslager. Yes. High call. Yeah. At the George Strait. Yeah, it had to be. I don't know, short five, middle five. Yeah. Riding the black horse, mm-hmm. hung something. I still don't know really what. I've not watched the. You still uh, haven't watched it. Mm-mm. <laughs> not the tape. I watched the video a little bit. Uh huh. But I hung my rope and got it undone. Took one swing rope steer. Still was gonna win the rodeo or the George Strait and couldn't dally. Mm-hmm. Oh, it was hard. And uh, and that would have been like I remember we were sitting at Spicer's like watch somebody was videoing it at the time and sending uh, us updates and everybody's heart broke at Spicer's uh, for yeah. you at the time and like for you and Dakota like particularly. Oh yeah, both of those. It's life-changing money for anybody, but for you two. Oh, it would have been unreal. Yeah. I mean, the pay, I mean, that rope is prestigious. It's awesome. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, yeah, I mean, what do you do? I mean, I didn't even want to get mad. I want to cry, mm-hmm. you know. And, I mean, it was amazing, you know, how many texts and phone calls you get after you win something. 
I probably got more then. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's a lot of people that, you know, come on. They knew. Mm-hmm. I mean, everybody knew. That, I mean, because I was done rodeoing. Too. Yeah. I told Cole Davis, and I said, unless I win the George Strait, I'm done. Because mm-hmm. I was rodeoing with him at the time. And well, I'll be dang, we was high call, you know. Mm-hmm. We were up so good, too, the whole time. And all I had to do was turn the steering and it was over. Dakota was going to heal him. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt more bad for him than me. Mm-hmm. And... <laughs> So, I mean, this day was just not Indy. Yeah. So, we go to Houston. I'm up in Houston the next day. I blow three tires out. Oh, my God. Between San Antonio and Houston. Mm-hmm. And I go to Houston and rope. I mean, I rope good, but I didn't, we didn't do no good. And then after that, I went home and mm-hmm. went to work. I didn't touch a rope. Mm-hmm. And then I went to Dodge Street Finals. I rope day before Dodge Street Finals. I won Dodge Street Finals. Mm-hmm. And to say, I mean, yeah, it was awesome, but. It wasn't like winning the straight. Yeah. But I mean, it changed it changed my life a lot mm-hmm. not winning it because I mean it, it could have changed my life in different ways if I'd have won it. I mean, it was mm-hmm. I I wanted to give up after mm-hmm. that yeah. deal because I was out there long enough and I needed that big win and I had never got it. And, I mean, I that was so close. Something mm-hmm. would happen all the time. And then, yeah, last week. Yeah, and last week. Mm-hmm. How many times have you wanted to quit, or how many times have you even said you were going to quit before last week? Oh, several. Yeah. I mean, everybody knows it. I mean, I've I've said I'm going to quit, and I, I just get down. I've had way too much heart when I should have quit maybe for mm-hmm. a while, and I never would give in. I never did want to quit. Well, it, it's been getting to the time where I'm I was sick of it, over it, the horses, um, and I love to rope. I love I love the rodeo. It's hard to watch the NFR every year. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I, I wanted to quit. And up, up until the Houston deal, I mean, I was just ready to again to stay around the circuit rodeo and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. And I had a great winter, and it was uh, it before Houston. I had a good winter, but it, it was just it just gets hard day or through the whole year with horses. Yeah, it's the biggest thing, horses. Mm-hmm. Do you have so? 50,000 at Houston, what's the horse game plan? I mean, is the black going to the NFR? No. No? He, he might be there. I sure ain't going to be able to ride in the grand entry. <laughs> but no, I, I, I mean, it just depends. I, I'm, who knows between now and then. I've been hunting horses like you crazy. Yeah. I'll, I'm, like I, my goal is to honestly, is, I mean, I'm going to rodeo, like from Reno on, I'm going to rodeo hard mm-hmm. until for sure after Cheyenne. But my goal is to set myself up for the finals and next year a little bit mm-hmm. with horses. Because then you have a great finals and you can go next year and be prepared, you know. And I've been looking for horses. I got a couple old horses that will be dynamite at the NFR if mm-hmm. that's what it comes to. Because I'm just thinking, like, $50,000 seems like so much money. No. But it's not going to touch. Like, I mean, you can't go to Trigger's house and buy a horse for fifty. No. You know, like, how do you, I mean, maybe, but not. No. Um... No, it ain't. It, it ain't. When that fifty thousand hits your account, it, it's gonna. It ain't gonna last very long. There's no way. Part of it, but I, I'm more of a kind of guy that I'm gonna be off the beaten path looking for horses. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna. I want. I'm gonna buy horses that haven't been run through two or three people at rodeo. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm gonna. They're probably gonna be more like fifteen, twenty thousand dollars horses, and I'm gonna have to ride them for a little while. You know. Mm-hmm. I, I've just been looking in odd places. And been trying. I'll try anything, mm-hmm. and I learned that lesson a long time ago. Because I've bought horses at cost, 
quite a bit. And then there was one standing next to him that cost half as much. It was probably ended up being better. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I've the most expensive horse I ever bought is fifteen thousand. So I don't know. I, I mean, that ain't good. I mean, I there's need not to, a lot of guys that can say that that are really making the finals, like Begay, perhaps. Yeah. Other than yeah, him. And, yeah. you know, and I mean, there's times that I've wanted to buy them. I just just can't. Can't. Yeah. So and I don't know. Hopefully, I can sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Now we were I mean, we were circuit rodeoing last year, and we didn't know what you were gonna do this year. I mean, you no. didn't seem to know what you were gonna do this year. What lit the fire? I, I mean, there's a lot of things that change in my life, and I mean, I, I got a fire lit into me last fall, and you I. Great Pendleton. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I just went out there randomly. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just got... Where did I go? It was one of your... Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I got a... Yeah, we just rode. Me and him rode for a long time. We just said, heck, let's go to Pendleton. And I just took off and went to Pendleton. Mm-hmm. And, and we did good. And I, I just got... I had a fire built in me. And I've been living in Casper, mm-hmm. Wyoming, roping with... And I get a rope with Johnson's all the time. Oh, you do? That's great. Yeah, it's great. Kellen's gone to college, so mm-hmm. it really works out because everybody heals. Mm-hmm. Um, Justin Johnson is... Uh, he He's riding horses all the time, training horses. Um, and, I, I mean, I get a rope every day, and I've learned a lot. Mm-hmm. So it, it's good, and I just... I just I get that fire once in a while. I've had it, but mm-hmm. I, I just fall. I just wanted to make the final so bad again. And then again, I almost was going to give up, and then it was just a blessing, Houston, you know? Yeah. Now, are you getting smarter? Have you learned to use your head? Oh, more? yeah, I, I have. Well, once in a while, it'll disappear, but <laughs> just once in a while. But I, I've gotten a lot smarter, uh, I, I think. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like people like, at Houston, like, well, is you nervous on the last, you know, I had so fun. I'm like, no, because mm-hmm. I done messed them situations up enough. Mm-hmm. What was I going to do, mess up again? I mean. <laughs> yeah, that's a way to think of it. I mean, I was, I, I was going to ride my horse and across the line and rope, and that steer come into me, it was perfect. Mm-hmm. And then Kyle healed him unbelievable. But, I mean, it was, I didn't reach a whole lot at Houston. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I've been learning, and I ride my horses, I can be twice as fast. And uh, if I ride my horses and throw a coil and a half, two coils, let alone three coils, everything's going to happen faster. Healers are healing faster now. It used to be header, get on fast, healers one, two, three, you know, heal them. And that was the thing. And now it's so fast, both ends. Mm-hmm. You just got to figure out the snappiest way. And for me to ride my horse across the line and have snappier head loops, it's a lot faster. Mm-hmm. Now, um, they used to tell me that, like, when you'd ride into the box and the announcer would be like, this is the blaster. He can throw faster than anybody else. Mm-hmm. And, you know, boy, does it, do you boy hear it still anymore? does it. No, yeah. Do you hear it? And uh, does it, um, does it ever psych you out? Cause I used to hear the guy say, oh no, they've said it. They're going to jinx yeah. him. No, I've, it don't bother me. I used to hear everything mm-hmm. a little bit, you know, and I can still hear boy a little bit. Cause I mean, yeah. but when I'm back in the corner, it's, it's over. I mean, I'm I'm focused, and it took me a long time to get that way. Mm-hmm. Like when I young, when I was younger, I messed a lot of short rounds up at rodeos because I, I just wasn't focused. And I had an old man tell me one time. He says, "You look at your steer's horns and just focus, and have it in your mind you're going to tear his head off." And it, it helped me. And it just it takes a lot of time to get that. Mm-hmm. And I mean, nowadays kids are unconscious. It's it comes easy for them. I mean, like you can back like kids like Garrett Chicken there for a hundred thousand. He ain't gonna think about it. he's gonna yeah. he's gonna head the steer. Mm-hmm. 
So, I mean, different. Like, I wasn't put in a lot of huge situations when I was a kid. I didn't high school. I mean, I high school rodeoed, but I didn't go to all that junior world. I didn't go to a lot of that stuff, which I would have. I'd tell kids to now. But I didn't. I wasn't in a lot of situations, so it took me a while. But, like, Houston, it didn't bother me now. Good. Good. <laughs> if you could change one thing about your rodeo career and the way you did it, what would you change? I would have went and stayed with some people. I would have went and learned from better people and not been hard-headed and think I could figure it out myself. Mm -hmm. um, I would have went to Texas or Arizona and lived there and been around, been around good guys, been around guys that rope good, um, Christian guys. I mean, just mm -hmm. I, that would have changed a lot of stuff. I mean, the rodeo lifestyle is how you want to live it, but anymore you better pay attention to business and not be out all night or this or that or you're going to get your butt beat. And I've learned, I mean, so you better rope and practice your butt off because there's somebody is. I mean, if you're not roping and trying, Caleb Driggers and Clay trying are, I promise you, Clay Smith, they're running 50 to 100 a day. So, mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's the only thing I can say out of change is I'd have went and... I'd have prepared at a younger age, so I wouldn't be where I was in the last few years struggling to get horses and stuff. Because mm -hmm. uh, there's a life out here at the rodeo, and people don't believe it. I mean, they just think it's a dream and a hobby, but, I mean, it's obvious it's not. I mean, look at all the people that's made a living out of it. I mean, if you take the right steps, it's. I tell every kid that. You take the right steps, you can make it, and you can make it your life. A lot of people, it's just for fun, but I mean, it, it isn't. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I think that is a perfect way to end because that is, I'm, I'm proud of you. Thank you. <laughs> I'm so excited to see how you're doing this year. Good, yeah, and I appreciate, I mean, if whoever's listening that's helped me, I, I appreciate everybody that's helped me out. Whether they were to buy me a cheeseburger, whether I'm staying at their house, mm -hmm. people in Casper, Frank and Kendra Martin have been awesome. I mean, to me, uh, Kendra's been there a lot. I mean, all my family everybody's been there and people you can't do it without you better treat people like you want to be treated because in 20 or 30 years when you ain't swinging that rope no more yeah it's going to be the people that you help change a tire and get gas you know whatever yeah i i yeah thanks for changing that tire. Uh, <laughs> I, I just come into me you know but, honestly uh, absolutely no. thank you uh thank you i appreciate it All right. Thanks so much, Ty. Thanks, Caitlin, for putting this together. Anytime. This was an e easy one. Yeah, it kind of flowed because, mm -hmm. yeah. And Blaster had a great interview. It was great to learn a little bit more about Blaster that I didn't personally know about. Yeah. I learned I learned a lot of stuff about him that I didn't know, mm -hmm. and, uh, and that, that's what made it a lot of fun. Hope everybody else did, too. Hey, before you go, I want to give a shout-out. If you guys are really into these podcasts, Try listening to the Ask Annie podcast. Um, it's within our network, the Equine Network. Annie, she works a couple cubicles over from Caitlin. Mm -hmm. And she is she is starting a podcast, and it's so cool. It's kind of a look into a lot of the product side of the horse industry. So different grooming supplies, supplements, services, all kinds of things. It's kind of, it's very informational. Annie's personality is bubblier and happier than me because she is just really good at her job so i think you guys will really enjoy getting to know annie so check out ask annie podcast
Oh, and before you go, everybody, remember, stop. Leave us a review. Caitlin, what do reviews do when people leave us a review? They help other people find us. Yes, and we want other people to find us. And we read them. I do. Every day. I see if there's a new one. I do. <laughs> I will admit it. <laughs> yes, we, we love if you leave us a review. Whatever platform you're listening on, most of you are listening on iTunes. So that means you scroll the whole way to the bottom of our library, of our episode library. And there you can leave us one star, two star, three stars, four stars, or preferably five stars. And you can write <laughs> us a review. We will read them. We will take them to heart. So don't forget. Thanks, everybody.